0: Kansas City on a Thursday night, week 6, October 12th and then Kansas City again on October 29th a Sunday. So that is 17 days between two games against the Chiefs. What? <laughs> that's that is freaking weird. Why why are the Broncos playing the Chiefs twice in 17 days before their bye week week 9? That is just strange. That, that's just a weird scheduling quirk like NFL do better. That was weird. Welcome into the Broncos Wire podcast powered by the USA Today Network. I'm Ryan O'Leary, playing host, joined this week by Broncos Wire managing editor John Heath and Broncos Wire writer Brandon Walker. How are we doing, fellas?
1: Doing good, Ryan.
0: Brandon, it's uh, it's good to have you back on the show. This is your second shot at it, man. It's good to have you back.
2: Thanks for giving me round too.
0: <laughs> of course. Yeah, you earned it. John John went in, he listened, he gave you a, a passing grade, and now you're back on the podcast. So Because John's the boss, as we all know. Uh, but we we've got a lot to uh, do on the on the Broncos this week. We're going to be talking about the 2023 schedule quite a bit. Uh, we'll do some way too early predictions. Like for instance, will the Broncos go over or under their projected win total of eight and a half games this season? I definitely have opinions. I know both of these guys do as well. Uh, but first, John, let's get to some free agent news. Kareem Jackson returns, so the Broncos. Uh, getting some much-needed depth at the safety position. This is one I felt, you know, just talking to you after the draft, you could kind of smell coming, right, in that second wave of free agency.
1: Yeah, I kind of had a feeling they would do this because the Broncos, they even had said that they were talking to him, working on a contract with him, and to me it just kind of seemed like uh, – Kareem Jackson wanted to see how the draft sorted out. Like, are they going to draft a safety in the second round or the third round or what it be. And I think the Broncos also, there's no reason to sign him before the draft and m- risk missing, m- messing up a comp pick. So just waiting until after the draft, it made sense for both sides. And I don't think there were like, I love Kareem Jackson, but I don't think there were any other teams banging down his door, trying to bring him back. So if, if there was any any interests, From other teams, if the Broncos were, you know, doing a comparable offer to what anybody else was offering, it just made sense to stay where you're familiar, stay with Justin Simmons, you know, a great safety duo that he's been for the last few years. So I wasn't surprised that he came back. But even with all that said, I don't have him as a week one starter for them, at least not as a strong safety, like maybe he'll be in the slot or something. But I still think Caden Stearns is the favorite to start across from Justin Simmons. Like Kareem Jackson, he's great. He's great in the locker room. He's a great team captain, and he's still a capable, you know, I I think he's a starting caliber guy. But Caden Stearns could be your future. Kareem Jackson's not your future. They got to get Caden Stearns getting real reps under his belt, and he's got to stay healthy too. But What's really nice is now if Caden Stearns, he starts week one, if it doesn't go well or if he gets hurt again, like hopefully he doesn't. But if he does now, they have Kareem Jackson, who's an excellent, excellent guy to have as depth and just be part of the rotation. So I think it was a smart move and it wasn't a surprising move that he came back.
0: Yeah, Brandon, I know uh, John's talked about Stearns in the past. He kind of said, you know, if this happens, he thinks Stearns would still be the guy. So John hasn't come off of that. What do you think? Caden Stearns or Kareem Jackson?
2: I really like Stearns as that guy um, because he has been, um, he stepped up when Simmons went down with injury. And I think that although Jackson is an incredible leader in the locker room and definitely some veteran help alongside Justin Simmons to help get Caden Stearns and now JL Skinner um, ready for the, the next wave of uh, Broncos secondary help they're going really young with this secondary and so I think those two veteran guys are really going to help lead the future of that Denver secondary but I really like Caden Stearns as a week one starter I agree with him, John
0: yeah I, I, what is does Kareem Jackson have like 10 years on Stearns John like he's he's, <laughs> he's a lot older right he's like it is early to mid 30s I think Kareem Jackson at this point
1: Oh, no. I think he's up like 35. Yeah, he's 35. 35. <laughs>
0: 35. Okay. So, yeah. So, in, in Caden Stearns has only been in the league of, you know, a few he's handful of years. So yeah. They, okay.
1: Stearns is 23, so more than 10 years.
0: Okay. Um, so, veteran or up and coming youngster. So, it'll be interesting to see uh, what Sean Payton and company decide to do there and uh, Vance Joseph, right? What, what they decide to do there. But, yeah, I, I think it seems like the consensus is Caden Stearns to be the guy uh, and have a good, you know, veteran leader behind him in Cream Jackson, who can do multiple things, as Brandon said. Uh, all, another interesting thing, John, that happened here in the second wave of free agency is some XFL players have signed with the Broncos, uh, including Ben DiNucci, who I think fans of the uh, what what's the freaking show? On, oh, Hard Knocks on HBO might be familiar with DiNucci a little bit from when the Cowboys were on Hard Knocks. Uh, I don't know if Broncos fans might remember him from that. Uh, But the Broncos have signed him, the quarterback, and uh, Jacques Patrick, the running back. What do you think about these two? Could they stick around?
1: Yeah, I think Danucci has a real real chance of being the third quarterback. And the Broncos might put their third quarterback on the practice squad, so maybe he wouldn't end up on the 53-man roster. But I think he's got a real chance to be the third-string guy. Patrick... I don't know if they view him as like a running back fullback hybrid. I know some people have thought maybe that could be what he does, but I mean, they're not going to carry a backup fullback on the roster. So I think he's unlikely to make the team. But again, maybe a practice squad guy. And if Javante Williams is either on the PUP list or if they just want to carry like a fifth or a fourth or fifth running back on the roster in week one, just because Javante, you know, they just want to be careful with him. You know, maybe I think both of them have a shot. Danucci, I think, has a real legitimate chance to be the third string quarterback behind uh, Wilson and Stidham this year.
0: Well, I thought it was hilarious. Uh, this article popped up on Broncos Wire that uh, Danucci threw an interception in front of uh, Walmart chairman Greg Penner, obviously uh, part of the, the ownership for the Broncos. And Sean Payton told Danucci that he, he might. Be able to work as a greeter at one of uh, Petter's Walmarts. So I thought that was pretty funny. It just, the ball busting continues with Peyton, right, Brandon?
2: I love it. And it, it definitely, I think, signals kind of that culture shift from Nathaniel Hackett to Sean Payton. I mean, we hear Nathaniel Hackett is kind of a goofball and we kind of think of Sean Payton as kind of this, uh, like a hard ass. Um, but I feel like uh, Peyton will lie. Uh, Peyton really is changing the culture inside of uh, inside of Dove Valley.
0: Well, I, I think Sean Peyton might be a goofball as well, John, but uh, I think more of like a in-control goofball, somebody who has his, yeah. his crap together. I don't know. He's kind of goofy as well, this Sean Peyton
1: yeah i think he's kind of calculated and when when i saw that quote that he he, he himself retold that story to the media like nobody even asked about of course it. yeah like, this will be all he season. loves to do that like all the time like you know you didn't have to say that like i think he's calculated and and like he has something he wants to say he's gonna bring it up even when it's not even mentioned but Anyway, when he said that um, and everybody was like, oh, he just threw DeNucci so under the bus. Like, honestly, my first thought was <laughs> I was like, I think that's actually a good sign for Danucci because I think it's a sign that he likes him and like he wants to tease him and joke around with him. Like if it was a real fourth string camp arm quarterback that had no chance, like no chance at all to be signed after the rookie meeting camp. I don't think Sean Payton would be heartless enough to say something like that to a guy that really is just going to have a cup of coffee weekend with the team and then, you know, not get a contract offer as a con And maybe I'm dead wrong, but I took it as, you know, this is somebody that he's comfortable with and likes and will rib like this. And then sure enough, just a few days later, they signed him. So I, I think Payton he, he, he's a little bit of a goofball, like you said, Ryan, but he's also, you know, like, he means business. When he's serious, he's serious. And he has the proven track record and resume that Hackett Dunson have, at least as a head coach. Like Hackett was an offensive coordinator and like a players coach and, and buddy buddy with the guys. Peyton, I think, will joke around, but he's not your buddy buddy. Like Cote's player and joke around with players, but he's the boss. And everyone knows that he's a boss. I think with Hackett, it wants in as much of a. He's the boss. What he says goes. It was more of a, you know, we're working together, guys. We're all in this together kind of thing, which, you know, maybe there's pros and cons for that, but clearly it didn't work out in Denver. And I think Peyton is more of the, yeah, yeah I'll say some funny things, but when I lay down the law, what I say, what I say goes. So right? I think we're going to have a lot of fun with Peyton, you know, uh, Given us some fun quotes
0: throughout the season. Yeah, and you don't have to ask for, for him either, John. Which is the perfect part about Sean yeah, Payton.
2: Unprompted.
0: Yeah, I think Hackett. Uh, he tried to get serious when he grew the goatee. That's when he tried to really get serious <laughs> towards the end of his tenure. Uh, but that was when, whenever when Broncos uh, brass saw that goatee, they said, "Oh, we got to get rid of this guy." Um, okay, so uh, John, you mentioned Javante Williams, Brandon. Let me ask you about him here because I know John's been pretty consistent throughout the offseason saying. I'll expect Javante to be ready. I think he might need a few weeks into the regular season, maybe even, and maybe even, you know, hopeful thinking by you, John, you know, hoping the Broncos don't rush him back because he's that important of a player for the Broncos in this offense. It's just, he's a game changer when he's on the field, but Sean Payton has really, I mean, he hasn't wavered, right? He's been really confident that Javante Williams will be ready to go week one. And even in training camp, like the start of training camp, even so, what do you what do you, what's your take on the Javante Williams situation? I know John, I know he would be super surprised even after Sean Payton's comments uh, to see Javante Williams running around in August with the team. But what's your take on Javante Williams and his return from that nasty knee injury he had last year?
2: It was probably one of the worst knee injuries that I've like seen. Or I mean, he tore everything in that knee. Um, but. If he's back by the start of training camp, that is a testament to the Broncos' uh, training team. And I think that uh, it's really – because I remember they changed or tried to switch up some of their training staff because they had so many injuries last year. And I remember the punters coming out and saying, hey, we we see why this is such a problem. We want to change the way we train, the way we – the way we recover, and so if Javante Williams is ready by camp I would be absolutely shocked but I would be thrilled I don't think he'll be a full participant in training camp maybe in some light drills but if he's running light drills at the start of training camp after a knee injury that severe I mean that is just incredible I would be ecstatic to see him out there
0: yeah, and, and I know you'd be surprised as well, John. And I mean, is this is this why Tony Jones Jr. is still that like that third back on the depth chart right now behind P. Ryan and you know I guess Javante if he's ready to go week one? Like the Broncos didn't exactly load up on running back depth. Uh, maybe they got some undrafted free agents, right? But uh, really, your number three guy right now is Tony Jones Jr., which you know maybe Sean Payton loves that kid. I don't know, but like you, you think that they would do more if Javante was in serious risk of missing regular season games, right?
1: Yeah, I think you hit it. I Like, if they were not confident Williams was going to be back, I think they might have signed another, you know, kind of veteran guy, kind of like P. Ryan. But Tony Jones, I, there was a spell when he was the third string guy with the Saints under Sean Payton. And there was even a time when their top two backs were hurt and he started a handful of games. I think he started like three games for the Saints two years ago. So he, he does have some reps. So, I mean, one, maybe they're confident in Tony Jones, but two, I think you're on to something that, that like, clearly they must think Javante's going to be ready sooner than later. Cause if not, I think they'd want to have another, you know, kind of a proven running back in the room. And re- really P Ron is the only guy besides Williams that is really proven in the NFL. Like Jones has just been a third string bit guy. And, for a third-string player, that's fine, but if Javante Williams is out, he's going to be bumped up to the number two behind P Ryan. So, you know, I'm still skeptical, like you said, Ryan. Like, I, I'm going to be really surprised, and I still don't totally believe it, but, you know, your actions speak louder than your words a lot of times, and the fact that they haven't brought in another running back, at least so far, you know, maybe that is a sign that they really do believe us. Like you said, Sean Payton, he keeps saying – that he thinks williams is going to be ready so you know maybe he really does believe that and if that's the case like brandon said that would be fantastic <laughs> i'd be super happy like i'm skeptical but maybe so i mean we'll, we'll find out in a couple months here
0: well broncos fans have learned to be skeptical about most things john at this <laughs> point uh but yeah i think fans fantasy owners everyone will be rejoicing if javante williams is a full go week one um yeah i you know, I, I liked what Brandon said, you know, maybe not a full go in training camp, but if they can get him there for week one, whoo! I mean, they can do a lot of, uh, you know, they can work wonders with knee injuries nowadays. But yeah, Javante's was uh, a nasty one and he is a young, important player for the team. So I just don't I don't want to see a setback. That's that's kind of where I'm at. But we'll worry about that later on. OK, it's not even August yet, so I'm not going to worry about that right now. Uh, but I want to talk about the schedule. Schedule day uh, was yeah, about a week ago now. A week, a week. You know when this podcast drops at least. Uh, why don't you guys give me your? You know, there's a few quirks in the schedule when you look at it, right? The whole thing. Uh, what stood out to you the most? What was the number one like kind of quirk or takeaway from actually seeing the full roster in front of you, John? Why don't you go first?
1: One, their bye is in week nine. I really like that it's mid to late season. I hate an early season buy. So the first thing I look for is when's the buy. I like that it's uh, late. And then the second team I look for was how many primetime games. Cause I really thought after last year, the NFL gave them five primetime games and that just went awful. The offense was so terrible. They were terrible to watch. And the defense was so good that they made the opposing offenses terrible to watch. So they just the primetime games were terrible. And then late in the year, you know, the defense struggled too. So there was like that Christmas day blowout was terrible. So I thought the NFL would react to that and say, okay, you know, we learned our lesson, but no, they say, no, we didn't learn anything. And I think a lot of it's probably Sean Payton. I think the NFL schedule makers have confidence that Sean Payton will come in, make the Broncos uh, competent. Like maybe they won't win these primetime games, but they still, you know, Sean Payton's going to be entertaining, even if they don't win. You know, Russell Wilson, the narrative, even if he doesn't turn around, it's still going to be an entertaining narrative. So the Broncos got four primetime games. They're back on Thursday night football. They're back on Monday night football. They're back on Sunday night football. And then they have a Christmas Eve game on NFL Network. So they're, they're right back in the spotlight. I thought that was interesting. The NFL chose to do that and uh so hopefully hopefully that goes a lot better in the primetime games last year so the midseason season buy i like that i thought it was interesting they're back in prime time and then obviously they have no international game this year but they just played in london last season so that's not a surprise but those were the early things that i saw
0: well yeah well you mentioned uh sean payton uh giving giving us content or being interesting throughout but his comments on the schedule were uh he, he says it was unremarkable, Brandon. So this is the opposite of what we want you to do, Sean Payton, right? We want you to, to say remarkable. This is a remarkable schedule for our content on, this, on the podcast and on Bronco's Wire, right? <laughs> we don't want you saying that things are unremarkable. Uh, yeah, that really made me want to read that story, Sean Payton. But Brandon, give me something remarkable about this schedule when you looked at it.
2: Well, John took the words right out of my mouth. I thought that... Uh that we'd only get max one or two primetime games this year. I mean, for as long as I can remember, and for as long as I've been a Broncos fan, Broncos Patriots has always been a primetime game. So I thought that that was, a. Uh, I thought that was going to be our only primetime game and maybe one of the division games. So seeing the fact that we have four division games or four primetime games this year is uh, pretty remarkable, but, let me talk about like how difficult the middle of the season is before yeah, go. the bye. Go. I mean, we have Chiefs tw- twice in three weeks. And in the middle of that, we have uh, the new and improved, supposedly Green Bay Packers. Um, but having the Chiefs twice in three weeks is going to be a tough, tough thing. And then we've got a division winner in the Buffalo Bills. We've got a division winner right after that in Minnesota. So it, that middle of the season stretch is going to be a really difficult, t- uh, really difficult part of the season.
0: Yeah, this schedule is not easy by any means. I mean, you have the AFC East. I think all four of those teams are improved. Uh, I mean, maybe Buffalo didn't improve themselves too much, but they did draft a pretty good tight end in the first round. Uh, the Jets add Aaron Rodgers. You got them week five. The Dolphins uh, added Jalen Ramsey, so they have Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard as their corners on defense. Good luck there. That's gonna be tough. Tough for a down offense that couldn't score last year for the Broncos. You got them week three in Miami. It'd be a hundred. It'd be a million degrees in September in Miami, uh, so that could be a really tough game as well. So. And then, you know, my pay, I'm a Patriots fan. and have them later. John, if you want to come over on Christmas Eve, we can watch Patriots-Broncos together if you want. <laughs> no, I know. you got to work. You can't do that. Uh, but, yeah, no, Brandon, my biggest takeaway was was some of the quirks. Just, like, Kansas City on a Thursday night, week six, October 12th, and then Kansas City again on October 29th a Sunday. So, that is 17 days between two games against the Chiefs. What? <laughs> That's... That is freaking weird. Why Why are the Broncos playing the Chiefs twice in 17 days before their bye week, week nine? That is just strange. That, that's just a weird scheduling quirk. Like, NFL, do better. That was weird. And then also, like, you know, Houston, I don't think they're going to be good or anything, but you got, uh, it, starting in December, week 13, at Houston, then you go at LA Chargers, at Detroit. So three straight road games in a row. I mean, that is, that's that's kind of rough, too, right? So. You add in the fact that you have all the AFC East teams. You have a team like Minnesota, Cleveland, a, another tough team that I think was down last year. I think you're playing Cleveland, right, John? Because they finished fourth. But uh, you know, yeah, Cleveland. They, they got the yeah, but Cleveland, I think, is probably better than a, a, a team that finished fourth fourth last year. They had some some stuff going on with their stupid quarterback who was rusty, and I think they'll be pretty good. So this is a this is a tough schedule overall, but this. Kind of quirky, like John. What do you think about playing the Chiefs twice in seventeen days?
1: Yeah, I bet that they they have like their programs where they punch it in and it spits stuff out, and then they you know obviously they cu- can customize it and like oh no, we want that in prime time, we want this at this point in the season, and I think probably a co- like there's so much they have to accommodate for the venues for teams to fit in their games against every team, to have a certain matchup in a certain part of the season, a certain game in primetime. I bet that's just the way a formula spat it out. And because they wanted to keep the other games in week six and week eight where they are, they were just like, okay, we're just going to leave that. (laughs) Like, I, I don't think it was like, you know what would be really good? The Chiefs on Thursday night football. And then like two weeks later, the Chiefs again. Like, I don't think that was anybody's idea. I think that was just part of the like just punch in the information, the machine spits it out, and then they make changes and that one wants and changed. So it's weird, but you know it is what it is. And like that three-game road stretch, that is tough, but they start the season with two games at home. After that Chiefs game on the road, they have two games at home, then they go into their bye. And then after their bye, they have to go to the Bills, which is tough, but it's after their bye. And then after that, they got two straight home games, and then later in the season, they got two straight home games before their season finales on the road. So they have stretches at home, stretches on the road. So I, it's it's a tough schedule because a lot of these teams are good. But as far as how it's laid out, I don't think they're like being screwed over by the NFL or anything. I think like no schedule is going to be perfect. Like I said, but the midseason bye, I really like that. They're getting you know put back in the spotlight, like at least the NFL is giving them some respect on, on that front. So it is what it is. Like it's not ideal to b- play the chiefs in that time frame, but in a way, maybe it honestly is. Cause you get both those games out of the way and then, you know, at, you go into your bye week and then you don't have to worry about the chiefs again. And like, maybe this is a terrible way to think, but like if you're in contention to be for Winning the AFC West, like if they're second in the AFC West and they have a chance to win it, and they just need to not trip up late in the season. Not having to play the Chiefs late in the season is a really nice way to not trip up. So it's weird to play them back to back that close together, but in a way, maybe it will turn out to be a good thing. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I like that that uh, point you made about the back to back home games because you're right. They do they have they have four back to back home games on the schedule. Uh, so four different times do they play a home game and then they have a home game right after that and one of those is right before the bye as you said john so uh when they play that week seven game against green bay that you know the game sandwiched between the the two chiefs games well they're not going to be leaving their own uh beds from october you know from what is that that is sunday october 22nd that kickoff against green bay all the way till monday november 13th is their next road game against buffalo after the bye so they will be sleeping in their own beds for like almost a month. So that is, that is interesting. So it's definitely a a quirky schedule. It's, it's, it's far from unremarkable, Sean Payton. I don't know what you're talking about. I find this (laughs) schedule to be kind of fascinating, actually, Uh, including some, some familiar faces. So Brandon, uh, who will have a more punchable face on week five? Will it be Aaron Rodgers or Nathaniel Hackett when the Broncos take on the Jets?
2: Oh, I think it'll be a toss up. Because Aaron Rodgers just made this whole offseason so drama-filled. But I really feel like Nathaniel Hackett's going to have the more punchable face.
0: Especially if he he keeps that goatee. Oh, you beat me to it, John. Oh, jeez. Come on.
2: What, what do you he think? Might, he might try for a mustache in yeah, Green Bay. Jesus. I don't
0: know. <laughs> Just do the whole beard, Nathaniel. What are you doing? Is it, was it <laughs> is it growing in patchy or something? There's a, uh, that goatee was so bad. Must have been. Must I, have been. I think I texted John. He's trying to. He was trying to work during that game. I think I texted him like 17 times about the goatee during that game. <laughs> uh, John, what? Which? Uh, which former? You know? Which? Which familiar face game on the schedule uh, intrigues you the most? Is it the, the Nathaniel Hackey game, Week Five? Is it Fangio? He's now the Dolphins defensive coordinator. Turn you down, Denver. How do you feel about that? Vic doesn't want to come back. I wonder why. But Vic Fangio and Bradley Chubb, right? They're both Dolphins. You, you see them even earlier, week three. And then uh, I think the one that most fans will be looking forward to, it's not in Denver, unfortunately. But Vaughn Miller, assuming he's healthy, he's coming back from his own knee, knee injury. But coming out of the bye, week 10, uh, Denver goes to Buffalo. Might be facing Vaughn Miller. So that could be fun as well. Which one are you looking forward to the most out of those, I guess, revenge games on the schedule?
1: Looking forward to Von Miller, definitely. As far as intrigue, I think Nathaniel Hackett's the most intrigued because he's the most recent. It was just last season that he had a disastrous season. So him, the very next year, coming back to Denver, like they're not playing the Jets in New York. Nathaniel Hackett's coming back to Denver and he's bringing the quarterback that they tried to get for Nathaniel Hackett in Denver. So as far as like... Intrigue. I think Nathaniel Hackett is the one. As far as difficulty between the two coaches, I think the Dolphins in Miami with that defense, with those two corners they have that you mentioned, and Vic Fangio, yeah, he, he's probably going to want to prove a point against the team that fired him, like prove, like, you know, you know I know what I'm doing. I'm a very accomplished defensive coordinator. I'm going to make life miserable for your offense. So Fangio, that week three game against the Dolphins, I think it's going to be tougher than that Jets game. Not to say the Jets game is a pushover, but I, I think Hackett's the big storyline among the two coaches. Fangio's the harder matchup among the two coaches. And then the one that's the most intriguing is Von Miller. Like every Broncos fan loves Von Miller. And this is going to be the first time he's played against them. The Broncos played the Bills in preseason last year, but Miller didn't play and it doesn't count anyway because it was preseason. And like <laughs> you said, he, he has the ACL injury, but this is in week 10. So presumably, hopefully he'll be healthy and ready to go for that and it is in Buffalo. It would be cool, like you said, if he came back to Denver. But it's it's going to be interesting to play Miller. Like you can so I I have so many pictures in my head of Von Miller sacking Russell Wilson. Like even in the Pro Bowl, <laughs> Von Miller has sacked Russell Wilson. Like I don't know what it is. It just, Russell Wilson is a sackable quarterback. Like he he's been sacked a decent amount of times in his career. I think sometimes he just holds the ball a little too long and then tries to spin out of things. Like. Wilson turning and spinning him to Von Miller, that's just like burned into my memory. So I definitely think Miller's going to get a sack or two against him this season. Hopefully, he's healthy for that. And ideally, like the Broncos upset the Bills. Von Miller plays very well. And then, you know, if Denver Dunson win it all, which I'm not necessarily expecting them to. I'm hoping Von Miller wins a Super Bowl with the Bills. So long as it's not, you know, hopefully they don't have to knock out Denver in the playoffs to make that happen. But if they knock out the Chiefs in the playoffs and Von Miller wins a third Super Bowl with a third team, I'd be perfectly fine with that.
0: Yeah, I was mad at the uh, schedule makers, and and I'm mad at them for that as well, Brandon. Uh, you know, this uh, Broncos Bills game should be in Denver. You could get all the. You get all the ratings for the Von Miller return to mile high thing. They'll, I'm sure there would be plenty of pregame stuff. You know, I, I Maybe that gives Denver a better chance, a puncher's chance, because Buffalo is a wagon. So, I mean, the the Broncos are going to be huge underdogs in that game at Buffalo on a Monday night. That game should be in Denver. What are we doing? That's a but miss by should, the schedule makers. It should
2: be in Denver. It should be in Denver. And uh, I, I feel like, yeah, they missed it. And... I would take another AFC East team on the road if we got to play the Bills at home. That'd be fantastic. But uh, John, like you said, I, I, as a Broncos fan, I don't want to see it, but I kind of want to see Von Miller sacking Russell Wilson.
0: <laughs> I think we will. I think I don't think we have to like <laughs> worry about that. I think that's going to happen. It probably happened <laughs> a Week Ten. Uh, okay. So John, if you have a contact with the NFL, I, I want to email, I want to send them an angry email about the schedule. The Broncos good. <laughs> the more I look at this, the more angry I get. Uh, but I like that. I like the start for the Broncos. I think Vegas at home, Washington at home. I think the Broncos have a chance to start and zero. that would be pretty sweet for a team that was five and 12 last year. Uh, yeah, I think it definitely gets tougher in week three, uh, you know, at Miami, it's going to be a million degrees. Miami's a pretty good football team. That'll be tough. And then, you know, obviously, there's there's tough games all over the place as we get into the middle portion, as Brandon said earlier. So the over-under is set at 8.5. It seems like... So you guys did a, a Broncos Wire poll, John, is that right? And what, what were readers thinking? What was Broncos Country thinking on Broncos Wire, uh, on the poll?
1: Yeah, I didn't want to put, like, 17 different poll options. So I broke it up into, like, three or fewer wins, four to six wins, Seven to ten wins, 11 to 16 wins, and then I did put 17 wins just to be dumb. And (laughs) the one that that ran away with the results, seven to 10 wins got 63% of the vote. The next closest was 11 to 16 wins, which got 27% (laughs) of the vote. So Broncos fans are definitely extremely biased, but that winning vote, seven to 10, that falls right in that eight and a half window. So Broncos fans are pretty much seem like they're aligned with Vegas. It's just a matter of, is it eight wins or is it nine wins? It's that eight and a half. You got to pick a side.
0: No, yeah, no. I mean, the Broncos trade their first round pick for a coach. Don't get a draft pick until the third round. But we're going to go win 11 11 games this year, right? We're going to improve mightily. (laughs) Yeah, Sean Payton's worth uh, six wins (laughs) right there. I I love that. But this is what happens when you pull Broncos country. I love it. But we are going to be Hopefully a little more critical over under eight and a half. Uh, Brandon, we'll, we'll put you on the spot first. What do you think? Um, You can say over under eight and a half and maybe why, if there's like a game, you think that could, you know, the Broncos will win that maybe people don't, you could throw that in there. Maybe the other way around. If you think there's a, a team or two that we don't expect that could sneak up on the Broncos and bring that total down for you, feel free to share any details you want, but give us your over under pick.
2: I really think we're going to sit right at eight wins. I'm not going to, I think under eight and a half. Um, it's an improvement from last season, but I don't think we're quite at 10 win strength yet. I do think that one of the games that will, that will beat the chiefs, I think we'll beat the chiefs at least once this season to break the losing streak. And, uh, really kind of shocked the Chiefs. I'm I'm really expecting that this year because we got close at the end of last year um, with Jerry Rossberg at the end of the season, but I feel like they're right there. They can be on the cusp of beating the AFC West champion Chiefs.
0: All right, so Brandon, you're not exactly straddling the fence when you say under but eight he, wins. He said eight. He said eight. But you're not so he's not straddling he's not riding the fence there, John, because he did say under. But he does have his tookus on the fence and like maybe both legs dangling off one side, you know. <laughs> so he's not straddling the fence. That was pretty good, Brad, and I like that. You're Broncos country isn't going to be mad at you for that because hey, guys, eight wins. But but we're we beat going the under. Chiefs once. Yeah, We're going under and we beat the Chiefs exactly. So that was pretty good, John. Let's see if you could do if you could pull something better off, Brad. That's going to be a tough one to follow. <laughs> what do you yeah, think?
1: Yeah, I. I completely agree with Brandon's thinking of they've been fighting the Chiefs hard, and this year they're going to snap that losing streak and be like. I think this is the year they finally get a win against KC. Maybe not twice, but I think they will win a game against them. And honestly, like my gut says, Brandon is right to say under eight and a half. And if that's eight and nine season, like so be it. That would be in the under. My gut says that, but my heart has to pick it. And say they go nine and eight, and I did a way too early win loss prediction post for all their games. It, to do that in May is just outrageous. But you got to do it. At it's the so end fun. Of the wire sites, and I did it. And I I wasn't keeping track of like okay this I like I wasn't falling. I was just like okay they'll win that game, they'll lose. And just doing that, it ended up nine and eight. So based on my nine and eight prediction, I have to say over because that's what I predicted. But I'm not. A- extremely confident so you thought Brandon was straddling the fence I'm straddling the fence <laughs> even more I'm staying over but not confidently
0: yeah I can't tell what you picked John you know I, I really can't I think you said under but you also picked nine and eight so I'm, I'm trying to figure out but you wait so you're officially I over
1: get I get Brandon's logic but officially I picked over eight and a half with a nine and eight record
0: okay I got do, you all
2: right Do you think Denver beats the Chiefs at home or away
1: I don't know cuz sometimes it's so stupid what you expect. Like you would think they'll beat them at home and lose on the road. But the AFC West is so weird and and a lot of times Broncos end up splitting games the opposite of what you expect. Like maybe they beat them in Arrowhead and lose at home like obviously it's easier to beat them at home. So, I don't know. I don't know, Brandon. What what are you thinking? They beat them in Arrowhead or at Mile High?
2: Arrowhead's probably one of the pound for pound, probably the toughest place to play in the NFL, and I think we always have the advantage here with the mile-high advantage in the Broncos country in the stands, so I'd take them at home. I really would.
0: Yeah, I almost think that game at Arrowhead this year is like almost like a scheduled loss, because you're you're going to be coming off the tough game against the Jets, and then you got short week Thursday night at Arrowhead. Those, It's really hard to win a road game on a Thursday night. Uh, that, that's That's a tough one. That's that's a tough one, that game in Kansas City. I'd definitely give them a better shot um, at home and just like that normal Sunday. You know what I mean, John? Like that Thursday night short week thing at Arrowhead, that's rough.
1: There's the psychological elements of it too. Like maybe Kansas City's feeling too overconfident. You know, Denver definitely has the motivational factor. Like anyone that's been with them for a couple of seasons now has built up a big hatred of the chiefs. And then you get the ego boost from Sean Payton coming in and, you know, things are different now. And if, if they start the season well and rattle off a couple wins, like I I really think momentum and confidence is a real thing in sports. So if, if they're feeling right psychologically and if the chief, like the chiefs don't take them seriously, like chiefs fans don't take them seriously. Chiefs players don't take them seriously. Like every year when I exchange, Questions with Charles, the Chiefs wire editor. He it always makes me frustrated what he has to say about the Broncos because he takes them and uh, like logically, I get it because the Broncos they haven't beaten them for so long, but he just never takes them as a serious threat to upset them at all. And it it just annoys me so much. And maybe players are smart enough to not feel that way, but I think the Broncos are going to trip them up. So honestly, I think it could be a dumb thing. Where on a short week they beat them in Arrow in Arrowhead, and then at home they end up losing to them. So uh, I'll just be contradictory and say they get their win on the road.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm certain you're starting to talk me into it a little bit, John, too, because we have to look at the Chiefs' schedule as well, right? We can't just hone in on the Broncos. So the Chiefs are at the Jets and then at Minnesota, so they have two road games before they're
2: coming off a big.
0: Yeah, so back off
2: a big big time lot or big time uh, opponents
0: yeah so two road games in a row and then they have the short week at home against the Broncos so maybe there's maybe there's a little meat on that bone we'll see so that's that's one to, to keep an eye on of course it's it's we're talking on May 17th so we'll see we'll see what it looks like <laughs> in October um I'm under I'm under I just I'm I'm rooting for the Broncos to be better than last year obviously more competitive uh, I just think this schedule is Tough. I think it's tough. I think, I think they win their first two, so they're they're off to a good start. Uh, I just think the wins, even like the easier games, like I think at Chicago, week four, could be tougher than people think. I think yeah. you know, you, you get you get into those Kansas City games, you know, before the bye, and then you have Buffalo, Minnesota, Cleveland. Ugh, God. Even though those that Vikings and Browns game is at home, I mean, those are tough games. And then another one that you would think would be pretty winnable, Houston. On the road might be tough. You know, they played some teams tough last year when they were supposed to suck. Detroit, they're going to be nasty. You're at Detroit. Uh, the Patriots, they're not going to be a great football team, probably in your weight class. But, you know, the Patriots, you, you never know with Bill Belichick. So I, there's just tough games on this schedule. I think it's going to be tough for them to, you know, double their win total or I guess, you know, even that's going a little bit beyond what we were predicting anyway. But, you know, to to find another three or four wins on this schedule from last year, Oh, yeah, uh, I think it's gonna be tough so i'm i'm under I'm under eight and a half. I feel pretty confident about that pick, but John, I've been wrong before, right? I have been wrong before <laughs> so
1: that's all hope you are again.
0: <laughs> One more prediction. What do you guys think about the nuggets? Are they gonna pull this thing off? Are they go into the finals?
1: They better. I mean, I'm not even really much of an NBA fan, but I mean, I'm so sick of Lakers fans and and just <laughs> NBA fans in general always have no respect for the nuggets, no respect for the Joker. So I'm pulling for them even as someone who is kind of indifferent about basketball.
0: Well people don't have respect for the Joker because he looks like a uh, men's league 30 and over guy out there that's just goofing around and he is unstoppable. I don't I, I haven't seen a lot of this guy. I mean I'm I'm out here in Boston. I haven't seen a lot of that guy. But holy crap and in some of the you know I've been paying attention to the Nuggets a little bit more. Because, you know, my Celtics are still alive as, as well. And I'm just like, who is this joke? I mean, I know he's won the MVP, but it's like, holy crap. Like, some of the highlights I saw uh, this morning, it was like, he's just chucking the ball around. Like, just flinging it around. It's going in every time. I'm like, holy crap. He doesn't even look like he's trying. That guy's amazing. Being here in
2: Denver, it's it's an exciting time to have a playoff team. Uh, the Avs got out a little early this year. A little bit of a disappointing exit. But hopefully, we want the Nuggets to we want the nuggets to uh move past the lakers for sure.
0: Yeah, the nuggets are carrying the torch because we we can't trust the broncos to do anything. <laughs> we really can't we can't <laughs> trust them. We could hope they go they, they win eight games this year, but my god, uh we can't uh we can't uh, guarantee that for sure. So be it'll be fascinating to see what how this all plays out, but in the meantime, John, do you get to take a break? I I know the the Work never stops for Broncos wire, but this is probably as slow as the NFL schedule gets. So I hope you get a chance to take a little bit of a breather here, you and your team.
1: Yeah, definitely, for sure. Like you said, there's always something, but it definitely is a slow time from here. We have mini camp, but it's not huge in June. Here until the end of July is definitely the slow time. In the NFL offseason, so we get to breathe a little bit here for the next few weeks.
0: So, to our uh, beloved listeners of the podcast, we appreciate you. If you don't see a new episode, or or are there very few and far between over the next couple months, do not fret because John and I will be back to cover the freaking Broncos for year four. Can't wait to start this new run with Sean Payton, John. It's going to be a lot of fun hearing all the crap he says every single week. <laughs> Looking forward to it. And Brandon, we'll just have to, we'll, we'll have to have you on. We'll have to, John will go and he will grade. He'll listen back and grade your performance and we'll see if we can have you on again. But uh, no, in all seriousness, it was great to hear your voice again on the show, man. Thanks for joining us.
2: Good to hear from you guys and good to be on the show again. Thanks so much. This is actually John and first time ever talking.
0: <laughs> this is the world we live in, man. It's all remote. It's all remote, email, Slack, whatever. And uh, yeah, so... Uh, It's amazing. I've never met John in person, and we're going on year four. And I talk to him more than I talk to most of my family members. So this is is the (laughs) life that we live in today's day and age, working remotely. But I'm all for it. I consider John a great friend of mine. I've never even seen him in person. So how about that? But for Brandon and for John, I'm Ryan O'Leary. We appreciate you joining us as always. We'll talk to you soon.